Welcome to the Fairy Tale Mysteries Radio Show. Classic tales told in a whole new way. Featuring Detective Betsy Hardup, the toughest private eye in Fairy Tale City. When Fairy Tale and nursery rhyme characters can't take their problems to the police, they come to her. There is a fog rolling in on the city. You feel a shiver of danger blowing on the breeze. And the stories that it tells aren't pretty. They're gritty, no pity but witty. They're the fairy tale mysteries. In our last episode, Betsy had barely escaped from a bear. After being hired by Goldilocks, really Betsy's stepsister Drizella under a new name, to clear her of false charges, Betsy had found some suspicious and sparkling honey. The kind of honey that attracted trouble like flies. When she was trapped in a cellar by Papa Bear, a particularly bad brune, Betsy had decided enough was enough. With the help of Pinocchio, she escaped the basement, only to find herself staring up at an especially awful face. Join us now for All That Glitters Part 2. <gasps> what evil was in store for us now? I bit back a scream. I could hear Pinocchio beside me gasp. I was staring straight up into the face of my darling stepsister. And it was not a flattering angle. I scrambled to my feet. What are you doing here? I could ask you the same question. I've been keeping an eye on the bear's place, just in case Papa gets up to something, and maybe to catch a sight of Bibi. Maybe, huh? We just busted out of his basement. Let's get behind those trees. Once he finds out we're on the lam, Papa's gonna blow a gasket. Ain't that the truth. Let's scram. I know the perfect place to hide. Let's go. Boldy led us through a maze of forest paths until we reached a house that I recognized. It was a small world after all. We stood in front of the cottage of Camilla Crow, the witch. The last time I was here, I fell into a pit that had been covered by an unwelcome mat. This time, I was gonna watch my step. Watch out for booby traps. Don't touch anything. Oh, look at those candy trees. No! <laughs> Too late. Pinocchio was bouncing upside down like a puppet on a string. We ran over to help. Can a gal get any peace and quiet? Get off my lawn! Hi, Camilla. We could use your help. Hurry! All the sap is running to my head. I don't help people. We've been over that. But I I'm not people. I'm not a real boy. I am going to have to close up that loophole in my rules. All right. Come in, but don't touch anything. We will be safe here. Camilla, Betsy is a part of this now, whether we like it or not. Why don't we put an ad in the paper? Hey, everyone, there's a secret plot to take over Fairytale City. Come and stamp out this evil. We could hire a skywriting plane, maybe have a parade. No need to overreact, Camilla. Betsy, listen. It turns out we're in the middle of something bigger than just our own story. In fact, it's threatening to throw good and evil out of balance forever. Hold on. What do you mean the balance of good and evil? The balance that keeps the stories working. What stories? What are you talking about? This is rich. I finally get to explain to the princess how the world works. See, you good guys think the whole world needs to be good. But here's the thing, there are no stories without bad guys. 
Happily ever after is just a myth. Conflict is what makes life worth living. That lit up my tilt sign. Was that true? I mean, this was my stepsister after all. The one who was going to cut off her own toes to fit into my shoe. So not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree. But what if she was right? And I suppose you also think that people are just divided into good and evil. Well, I have news for you. Most of us are a combination of both. I am only the bad guy in your story. I get to be the good guy in mine. She's got you there. Remember my sister Delilah? She was a witch in one story. And though she spent the rest of her life doing good, people still looked at her and said, wicked witch. Fools. Hardly anybody is all bad. But some are. Is that what we're dealing with here? Good thinking, Dick Tracy. Sometimes a character becomes so intoxicated by power that they can't stop being bad guys, even in other stories. I have foreseen that Fairy Tale City is about to encounter just such a character, someone who has forgotten their role and will tip the balance to evil, causing disaster. It would be the end of us for a start. The end is the start? You know what I mean. Sure, sure, but who is it? And can they be stopped, or is it too late? Hmm, hard to say. My crystal ball says, reply hazy, try again. You sure you didn't get that ball out of a box of Cracker Jacks? I have to believe that's true. It's true, all right. I have a nose for these things. So what do we need to do? And does this glitter honey have something to do with it? Glitter honey? Yeah, there's a new kind of honey floating around out there that's been infused with a powerful, fast-spreading magic. That sounds interesting. Do you have a sample? Nope. Apparently, we had a dozen donuts covered with the stuff, but somebody ate them. You mean, I ate black magic? I don't feel so good. It's not black magic. Aurora said it's an innocuous good magic that makes people feel positive. Ha! There's no such thing as innocuous magic. I need to take a closer look at this glitter honey. Hey, Aurora said the Baroness gave us some to test. That's right. Mama's been working undercover trying to infiltrate the mob. Wait, are you telling me that my stepmother isn't a bad guy either? Not in this story. Haven't you been listening? That's why Mama took the sample to the apothecary shop, to see how we could stop it. To stop the magic. Not to use it for her own evil scheme? Pins, how's your nose doing? The Baroness wants to stop the spell. Huh? She's telling the truth. Who'd have thunk it? My wicked stepmother's on my side. I'm starting to lose track of who's who in the zoo. Which way is up again? Well, we know that Papa Bear has it in for me. He set me up to keep me away from his precious son. His plan would have worked too if that nosy neighbor hadn't called in the disturbance that put me in police custody. You're welcome. That was you. Wait a minute. I thought you didn't help people, Camilla. Were you lying? No. Yes. Maybe. Look, I am a good citizen. It is in everyone's interest to get to the bottom of this. First things first. I need to see that glitter, honey. We need to call in the big gun. I have his number right here. Operator, give me Charmington, 1697. That was Ivan's number. I thought I'd had enough shocks for one day. Camilla, my stepmother, and Ivan on the same team? So evil wasn't always evil. Good wasn't always good. And now good and evil were working together. At least, 
I thought Ivan was a good guy. Maybe he was just a good guy in my story and he was saving all his evil for this one. Hello, Ivan. It's me, Camilla. We need to get together right away. We might have found the big break we were looking for. We're on our way over. I have to admit, it felt strange to walk up to Ivan's front door. That used to be my front door. Well, our front door. I hadn't been back here for a while. A parade of memories went through my head. Some wonderful, like when Ivan used to sketch me in charcoal. Some not so wonderful, like the first time I realized he might be a crooked cop. I pushed those thoughts out of my head. We were supposed to be professionals working on a case, a big case. I had to keep my priorities straight. I rang the bell. Hello, Camilla. And Giselle, I mean Goldilocks. Pinocchio. And Betsy, I didn't expect you to be in on this. I suppose you'd better come in. He wasn't pleased to see me. Well, he was just going to have to get used to me working on dangerous cases with him. We came into the front hall, and I hung my trench coat on the rack. I noticed Ivan still had the sketch of me hanging next to it. He never got my face right. I followed the crowd into the parlor. The first thing I noticed was the state of the fireplace there. It was a mess. So much that it almost distracted me from the second thing I noticed. My stepmother. How lovely to see you all. Camilla, Goldilocks, and who's this young man? I'm Pinocchio. I work with the chief here. So pleased to meet you, Mr. Pinocchio. I am the Lady Hardup, Baroness of Rugenfield, Mistress of Hardup Hall. But you can call me Baroness. Lady Hardup? That's Betsy's last name. Indeed it is. I am Cinderella's stepmother. Actually, it's Betsy now, milady. Of course. I did not expect to see you here, Betsy. Same for me in spades. What's the deal, Ivan? Your stepmother, that is, the Baroness, and I were just discussing how we might get to the bottom of this latest development. You mean the glitter, honey? Or Papa Bear? Or Goldilocks being framed? Seems to me there are a lot of developments to get to the bottom of here. Yes, well, some of those are better left to the professionals. Maybe you haven't noticed, but I am a professional. I got a license and everything. Look, Betsy, this has the potential to be really dangerous. How can I convince you to keep your nose out of this? Maybe I wouldn't be sticking my nose in if you were honest with me and actually told me what was going on. Speaking from experience, sometimes your nose goes where it wants. The nose knows, you know? I'm telling you nose. I mean, no. Oh, can we forget about noses? <sighs> I've been trying to keep you safe. I think you are getting in over your head here. You think, huh? Well, here's a newsflash for you. I can think for myself. Look, everyone knows that fairy tale princesses aren't supposed to get involved in evil doings. They just wind up having to be rescued. So that's how you see me. Just some dame you have to protect because you're a prince. I am the chief of police. I think I know a thing or two about safety in this town. Young man, for someone who thinks as much as you do, you have a lot to learn. You may be the chief of police, but I know what the stars foretell. And mark my words, trying to discourage Betsy will only lead to disaster. Okay, we might be getting a little overly dramatic here, you know? Goldilocks is right. Wow, did I just say that? What we need to do is figure out who's behind all this. Aha! Aurora! Aurora is behind all of this? What? 
Don't be silly. Aurora has a sample of the glitter honey. Yes, she does. What of it? Hasn't Papa Bear been trying to eliminate all evidence of it? Didn't he plan to kill Goldilocks when he framed her? Didn't he try to shake Betsy down until she told him what she did with the honey? What? I never told you about that. You didn't have to. The stars tell me everything. Eventually. I don't think any of us realize how dangerous this honey stuff is. I'll send Crumpet and Croissant to Aurora's to get her sample. That should take the heat off her, and we can use it for evidence. Thanks, Ivan. I'd hate to have anything happen to Aurora. But that only takes care of her. How do we stop those bad guys for good? Bad guys for good? Nice one. Thanks. If I may interject, my annual Harvest Cotillion will be held at Hardup Hall this weekend. Everyone who is anyone in Fairytale City will be invited. Perhaps I could invite Papa Bear and his associates to attend a private meeting there. And we could find out what's going on with this glitter honey. Great idea, milady. Yes, I know. I could attend as well. A royal prince is invited everywhere. Uh, Chief, wouldn't bad guys be suspicious if a cop came to their meeting? Hmm, good point, Pins. We need someone who can observe the meeting without being noticed. Someone invisible. That kind of magic is out of the question. Takes too long to prepare, and it's too darned expensive. I didn't mean literally invisible. Someone who won't be noticed. Uh, I, I can do it. I could take a log with Mama and, and claim that I want to be part of the family business. After all, Mama's already involved, and the fall ball is in my house. Don't say fall ball. It's the Harvest Cotillion. Right. That should do it. She might fit in, but she won't be invisible. I can do it. I'll be a waitress at the meeting. I know from experience that no one pays attention to the help. I'll wear a cap, keep my head down, and my ears open. Actually, that could work. The more eyes on this thing, the better. We don't want any surprises. Then it's settled. I'll have to put together a serving girl's outfit. I got rid of my old ones when I moved in here. I'm sure I can find something suitable for you, Cinderella. I mean, Betsy. I have uniforms of all sizes for the servants at the Harvest Cotillion. Come along to Hardup Hall with me. Not a chance. Let's put the kibosh on that right now. Think about it, Betsy. It's the safest place for you. Papa Bear would never think to look for you there. I, I could come with you. I don't take up much space and I don't need food. Will that help? Thanks, Pins. That helps a lot. Okay with you, Baroness? Certainly. As long as he doesn't touch anything. I won't touch anything. Liar! Ah, darn it. Stupid nose. Finally, it was Saturday night. Goldilocks had been trying hard to make me feel at home. She'd even put up one of my old Clark Fable movie posters on the wall of my room. It was a nice touch, but I was ready for this bogus trip down memory lane to be over. It was surprisingly easy to slip back into the role of servant girl once I got my apron and mob cap on. Old habits die hard. It was almost time for the guests to arrive. Goldilocks was getting into the spirit of things and was following the Baroness around barking orders. They were both dressed to the nines. Goldie headed my way with a nasty smile on her face. Hey, you. Those fireplaces are an embarrassment. Get on it. Watch it, sister. My cover's gonna be blown in a big way if I haul off and smack you right in the kisser. Oops. Sorry about that. Didn't recognize you in your maid's outfit. You look great, you know? Here, let me put your mask on for you. Good thing the fall ball is a masquerade. Even Ivan won't recognize you. There. Oh, here comes Mama. She'll tell you what to do. I'm sure she will. 
Maybe I'll tell her where to go. Oh, look at you. Your hair is a mess, your uniform is untidy, and that expression on your face is repellent. Hey! You're perfect. Nobody will notice you. Stand next to Goldilocks and hand drinks to the guests as they arrive. She gave me an enormous tray of drinks and moved to the entrance hall. Goldilocks, remember to welcome everyone to the Harvest Cotillion. Goldilocks, you greet the guests when they enter. Cinderella, keep an eye out for anyone with a pin like this. She handed me a little brooch shaped like a honeybee with its wings spread. I examined it closely and handed it to Goldie. When I told Papa Bear about the VIP room, I asked him to make sure that all VIPs wore this bee pin. Now we can identify all the guests in the gang, but they'll think we just needed to know who the VIPs were. Say, that was a pretty good idea. Yes, if I do say so myself. Hop to it, here come the guests. I'm going to go mingle. Right. Come on, Goldie, let's get busy. Ow! Why did you pinch me? Sorry, I just needed to make sure I'm not dreaming. You just gave Mama a compliment. Very funny. And you're supposed to pinch yourself when you're dreaming? But maybe I'm warming up to the old doll. Look sharp, here comes a chrome-plated character. And he's wearing a pin. Good evening, welcome to the fall ball at Heart of Paul. Hey, that rhymes. <laughs> the Harvest Cotillion! Right, the Harpist Pavilion. And the Baroness wants you to know that the VIP room is upstairs at the end of the gallery. Oh, thank you so very much. The end of the gallery, you say? Excellent. It was Fungus Fox. He had worked with the Big Bad Wolf. How did he get connected to the VIPs? And where was his sidekick, Kit Kat? I watched as the fox climbed the stairs. My disguise seemed to be working. Either he didn't recognize me or he was playing it really cool. Welcome to the hardest Brazilian, Prince Ivan. Harvest Cotillion! I don't know why I bother. Hello. I'll have one of those drinks if I may. I'd recommend the Hakuna Mimosa. Hakuna Mimosa? Betsy! Good disguise! I didn't know it was you at all. At least you're not trying to recognize me through my shoes. Yes, well, you know I have trouble recognizing faces. It was all I had at the time. Oh, your highness? My mother wants you to know that the VIP room already has a guest. Already? Right. I'll steer clear of the gallery and keep my eyes peeled down here. You look very nice this evening, Betsy. Take a picture, Romeo. It'll last longer. And keep moving. You're on the job here. Do you have backup? I have my best men outside waiting for the high sign. I'll talk to you later. I wish I had a boy who'd look at me like that. It ain't all it's cracked up to be. And what about Baby Bear? Oh, we had to break it off when I moved back home, you know. Mama insisted. How'd he take it? Not very well. He told me I was making the biggest mistake of my life and that he'd be here when I came to my senses because he loved me. And Betsy? I think he was right. Breaking up with him was a huge mistake. I miss him so much and I can't stop thinking about him, you know? Evening, all. Which way to the VIP room? Is that who I think it is? It's Papa Bear, all right. Don't turn around. I'll handle this. Good evening to you, sir. The VIP room is up those stairs and to the right. Would you like a drink? Nah, I reckon so I better keep me head clear. I'm off. Certainly, sir. Enjoy your meeting. Uh, evening. Okay, you can turn around now. He's gone up the stairs. That was close. Thanks for covering. I don't know what he would have done if he'd seen me. I should have thought about that earlier. I mean, we knew he was going to make the scene tonight. Some detective I am. Maybe I should have stayed a maid. There you are. Some maid you are. 
Take this tray of hors d'oeuvres up to the VIP room and don't dawdle. Drizella, you will stay down here. There was my old familiar stepmother. I resisted the urge to bust her one in the snoot, picked up the tray, and started up the stairs. I followed the Baroness into the VIP room and glanced around. Apart from me and her, there were five people around the meeting table. I identified the fox and the bear immediately, but didn't recognize anyone else. At the head of the table was a broad-shouldered guy in a pinstripe suit, with a fedora pulled down over his eyes. Beside him sat a small man wearing a conservative outfit and a plain black mask. He was so short his feet dangled above the floor. To his right was a tall, thin man in a blue uniform, leaning his chin on his hand and looking kind of distracted. Papa Bear was seated right across from the guy in the fedora. All right. Looks like the gang's all here, so I'll start with me report. <clears throat> First, the system to move the shine is all set. We can start shifting the stuff right away. Now, now, I understand that there was quite a bit of trouble with a spy, and some of the honey was prematurely discovered. That put all of us at quite a bit of risk. Are you sure you're the right bear for this job? Ah, that was me son and his daft girlfriend. I put that dead to rights, and our situation is under control. So you say, but the position you're seeking requires a man of a certain intellect. You may be inadequate for the task. The big bad wolf might have been a tad, shall we say, brusque, but he was clever and fought fast. What do you mean? I mean that in a battle of wits, you are unarmed. What? Why, miserable... Well, I, for one, believe that Papa Bear has proven himself. While there have been some uh, unexpected difficulties, he has shown that he can resolve them. Looks like I'd been right. Papa Bear was trying to take over the wolf's old place in the organization. And Fungus Fox didn't seem too happy about it. They were planning to sell glitter honey all through Fairy Tale City. What had Papa Bear called it? Shine. That must be the street name. They were all watching the guy in the fedora. He seemed to be in charge. When he finally spoke up, I got a big surprise. The guy was a gal. You know what, dearie? I agree with you. It's bad business to expect that everything will go to plan every time. The real test of a leader is how they deal with problems. Welcome to the team, Papa Bear. I'm sure you agree also, Mr. Fox? Of course, ma'am. He is a most capable colleague. I have always said so. I won't let his down. Nobody lives to tell the tale if they do. I think this deserves a toast, don't you, dearie? Baroness, break out the champagne. Certainly, Godmother. You heard the woman open the champagne. <clears throat> Sin, young lady. Oh, me? Oh, oh, right, right away, milady. Oops, looks like all we have is Riesling. Will that fit the bill? It most certainly will not. Our honored guests deserve the best. You'll have to bring up the Moyen Chandon from the pretty cabinet. No! I rushed to the door to head downstairs, but when I opened it, Goldilocks fell into the room. It's a duff girlfriend uh, who found a shine. She will listen at the keyhole, won't she? A snoop, eh? Like that blasted Betsy Hardup. 
Wait a moment. I'm putting two and two together and getting three. Specifically, a baroness and two daughters, all named Hardup. Is Betsy Hardup your daughter, Baroness? Yes and no. Betsy, as you call her, is my stepdaughter. You could say she came with the house. We've been estranged for years now. May I introduce you to my real daughter, Drizella? Pleased to meet you. You can call me Goldilocks. And why were you listening to our meeting, dearie? Getting the goods for your stepsister, perhaps? What, me? No, well, I was, um, you know, curious. That's all. Curious? What were you curious about, exactly? Goldilocks was in a tough spot now. The godmother, I think that's what the Baroness had called her, was pretty tough. Goldilocks was gonna have to think fast. Well, um, actually it was because I, um, I... I always wanted to be a part of something big like this, you know? I mean, my mother is involved and I want to be useful, you know? Like her. As fast thinking goes, that was pretty good. Especially for Goldilocks. The godmother relaxed a bit and raised a hat. I got a good look at her mug and realized that, even in a purple mask, I knew her. It was my fairy godmother! Well, isn't that sweet? Perhaps we have two new members joining us tonight. We should make that toast right now. I suppose the Riesling will have to do. Open the bottle, dearie. Could it be? The godmother was my own fairy godmother. My fairy godmother was the godmother. I was one step away from coming completely unglued. To buy some time, I did as I was told. Fairy godmother waved her magic wand over the glasses. What was she doing? Come on, everyone. Grab a glass. I would like to make a toast. Here's to a new order. Drink up. Everyone raised their glasses and drank. To a new order. As they did, I caught sight of the telltale glitter in the drags of their drinks. I gasped in horror as their eyes became glazed over and the expressions on their faces went completely blank. The godmother looked my way and gave a short laugh. <laughs> oh, hello, dearie. Oh, I knew it was you from the moment I saw you, Cinderella. After all my good work, you've ended up right where you started. Typical. And one reason why I no longer do good work. As you see, everyone here is now under my complete control. <laughs> I've worked very hard to develop this little spell. It started as a simple mood-lifting spell to help people get through the drudgery of life. Godmother's little helper. But then I discovered that in the right amount, the victim becomes very, um, agreeable to anything I suggest. You should try some. Here. No, you're good. You help people. This can't be happening. Goldilocks, stop her, please. As you command. No, Drizella, Drizella, don't do this. Let me go. Goldilocks stepped in front of me. Fungus, Jack, grab her. Right away. I tried to dodge around her, but I was tackled from below and above. The little guy had me around the knees while the fox tried to pin my arms behind my back. I was actually getting the upper hand when... Why don't yous have a seat? That's better. Papa Bear forced me into a chair. Drink up, dearie. Goldilocks, hold her nose. I did everything I could to avoid swallowing, but in the end I had to breathe. I could feel the same tingle I had felt before back at the bear's house. This was it. I was going under. Suddenly, I felt a shiver go through me from head to toe. 
I looked down to see what was wrong, and I almost flipped out right there. I was a princess again. I was wearing my old ball gown, the tiara, even had the glass slippers. The fairy godmother's voice seemed to come from a long way away. That's right, dearie. Just relax and stop fighting. It'll be much better in the long run. Everyone stepped away from me as I stopped struggling. Suddenly, the door burst open. I knew it was Ivan, saving me one more time. I could feel my frustration turning into anger. I was furious at him for rescuing me and for being right about me needing rescuing. As my rage grew, my head started to clear. I noticed that it wasn't Ivan at all. Goldie! It was Baby Bear. I couldn't stay away. I had to come here and tell your mother and my father that I can't live without you. What the heck is going on here? Oh, dearie me, it's a hero. Boys, take care of him. Things happened pretty fast after that. Fungus, the little guy, and the tall brooding feller all jumped at BB. Apparently, BB's health routine included some kind of karate thing. As the little guy went for his legs, BB did some kind of sweep with his foot that sent the little guy flying. Fungus tried to get behind him, but BB flipped the fox so hard that he slid across the table, taking the tray of glasses with him. You little rotter! Now you're gonna get it. Papa, I don't want to fight. I just have to tell you that I really care about Goldilocks. I want to marry her. And I know how you feel about it, but I don't care. And if that means we never have to speak again, then that's how it has to be. But I sure hope it won't, Pop. Son? Is that, is that you? Papa Bear seemed to be snapping out of it. Good thing, too. I didn't like B.B.'s chances in a scrap with his old man. Or bear. Oh, son, you don't know how much it means that you came here to tell me that. Even if I does have to throw yous out, it'll be with me love and respect. <laughs> oh, Pop, I'd like to see you try. Papa embraced BB in a giant bear hug. Literally. I heard footsteps behind me. The tall feller and the fairy godmother ran out the door. I followed them down the stairs, but I wasn't taking any chances in those glass slippers. I learned my lesson last time. I completely lost sight of them in the crowd. The crowd, including Ivan, certainly saw me. Bitsy, what happened up there? Why are you dressed? No time for that now. Two of the gang from upstairs are in the ballroom. We gotta find them before they get away. I'll call for backup. What do they look like? Uh, there was a tall guy with a blue mask and epaulets, and my fairy godmother in a pinstripe suit. Your fairy godmother? In the gang? Yeah, looks like the head of the gang, actually. We gotta shake a leg here. There are still people in the VIP room. You better head up and take care of that. I'll go after the godmother. I watched him head off through the crowd and went back up the stairs. Everyone was standing right where I left them. Almost. The little guy had disappeared. But Fungus was unconscious in a heap of broken glass, and Goldie was unconscious on the table. What's wrong with her? Goldie, talk to me! Betsy, what's going on? Why won't she wake up? She's under a spell. We all were. I came out of it when I got angry at Ivan, and your papa came around when you told him how you felt. Not sure what'll bring Goldie around. Oh, my poor Goldie. <laughs> I love you, Goldie. Don't leave me. I can't live without you. Please wake up! Then B.B. swept Goldie into his arms and gave her a passionate kiss. Part of me was moved by the romance of it, and another part of me was a little put off by the lack of consent. But just then, Goldie wrapped her arms around B.B. and kissed him back. 
I looked around the room, and the others were shaking their heads and coming too. It seemed the spell was being broken. Just then, the cops arrived at the door. Croissant, we will need to put the rest of that bottle of Riesling into evidence. Uh, oui, boss. Three of them managed to cuff Papa Bear, mostly because he seemed pretty cooperative. Maybe his spell hadn't worn off completely. What happened to the fairy godmother? I'm sorry to say she got away. But we have this one dead to rights. But he is not dead. It's a figure of speech. Come along, Papa. You've got the right to remain silent. Anything you do say will be taken down into evidence. Goldie, are you okay? I think so. It was so strange. I could hear everything that was happening around me, but I couldn't do anything about it. Did you mean what you said? I did. And I have one more thing to say. Will you marry me? Before I answer, I have to be honest with you. My stepmother was spying on your father's operation and I was helping. Do you still love me even though I was a part of a plan to bring down your dad? I will always love you no matter what. I love my dad too, but he made his own choices. It's his cross to bear. Then yes, I will marry you. <laughs> it looked like my stepsister might have found her happily ever after. Maybe I'd have a chat with her about what married life was really like, but not right now. Although the godmother had given us the slip, we had Papa Bear sewn up tight. I wasn't sure how the glitter honey or shine had magicked up a ball gown for me, but if I had the glad rags, I might as well use them. We'd earned a chance to celebrate, as long as I was home by midnight. <laughs> The next morning, I headed over to the police station to meet everyone for a debriefing. It had been a fine evening. Ivan and I had even danced. It felt like old times, for a while. But then I remembered that he had called Crumpet and Croissant off Papa Bear's trail to focus on Goldilocks. Why had he done that? Was it to give some of the bad guys a break? Or was there another reason? I arrived at Ivan's office in a suspicious mood. Pinocchio, Camilla, Bibi, and Goldilocks were already inside with Crumpet and Croissant. Hi, Betsy. You want a chair? Try this one. It's just right. Thanks, Goldie. <sighs> Very comfy. Let's get started. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for coming in. I've asked you here because I'd like your help understanding exactly what happened last night, particularly with the spell that Betsy and Goldilocks were under. What did the analysis of the honey show? Sorry, boss. I'm afraid we've come up skint. The apothecary shop was raided last night and someone scarpered off with the sample of shine. Uh, fortunately, Miss Aurora is unharmed. She was at home at the time of the attack. That puts a spanner in the works. Uh, yes, a spanner was used to break the shop window. Figure of speech, Croissant. What about the Riesling? The wine was analyzed, but it wasn't magical. Just wine. Tasty wine, but wine. How is that possible? Goldie was unconscious. What's going on here? Yes, curious, isn't it? My theory is that true love broke the spell. In fact, when B.B. kissed Goldilocks, not only was the spell broken, but it actually disappeared. Why did Papa Bear snap out of the spell when B.B. told him about Goldilocks? And why did I change? I felt myself slipping under the spell, and then my head cleared right up. There is a powerful bond between father and son. Even though they were in conflict, the love they felt broke the magic. Like when Snow White kissed her father, Little Boy Blue, and broke the poisoned apple spell. It makes sense. What about you, Betsy? What were you thinking of? 
Well, I was thinking about you. Of me? And, and that broke the spell? Does that mean... Actually, I was thinking about how much I'd hate admitting that you were right and I was just a princess that needed to be rescued again. I have often seen that love and hate are two sides of the same coin. Ain't that the truth. Not as encouraging as I'd hoped, but at least we have an antidote for shine should we encounter it again. I'll take that as a win. Good work, team. Still doesn't explain why I turned into a princess again. And that didn't disappear when the magic did. It stayed until midnight, like last time. I have an idea about that. Magic likes patterns. Your fairy godmother had already cast a spell on you in your story. When she tried another spell, the magic recognized you and reacted the same way it did the first time. And that's why you turned into a princess until midnight. But because this was my story, the shine worked on the rest of us the way she meant it to. Exactly! You're so smart. I love you. I love you too. Yep, that's true love all right. Isn't it grand? I do wish we had a sample of the shine, though. It would certainly help our case. You're sure that every bit of it has been destroyed or stolen? Yes. There's nothing left at Bear's house, uh, the VIP room, or the shop. Wait a minute. I, I was sticky. Betsy, didn't you remove a piece of glitter from me? I wrapped it in a tissue and threw it in the trash. Our offices are cleaned only once a week. Budget cuts. Disgusting. It's probably still there. Ivan upended the can, and sure enough, there it was. The evidence that we needed to take Papa Bear down. All's well that ends well, I suppose. The case was solved, and we had foiled a plot that could have destroyed Fairy Tale City. Of course, there was still a gang out there threatening to upset the balance of good and evil. I was sure I'd run into them again, but hopefully not tomorrow. Or this week. I needed to get ready for the wedding of Goldilocks and Baby Bear. I was going to wear my favorite gown, and my date was going to be a handsome prince. Another case solved. Well, mostly. That evil godmother is still out there with her henchmen and henchwomen. Okay, henchpersons, I suppose. What other schemes might she be plotting? Will our heroes find another solution? And how does Betsy really feel about Ivan? She may not trust him, but she feels something special for her ex. After all, she's taking him to the wedding. Find out what happens in our next episode, A Rude Awakening, here on the Fairy Tale Mysteries Radio Show. All That Glitters Part 2 was performed by Franny Warwick as Betsy Harda, Sydney Mason as Goldilocks, Ruby Day as Pinocchio, Norma Rushton as Camilla Crow, Samantha Andrews as Officer Crumpet, Jeff Christensen as Officer Croissant, Caden Chad as Baby Bear, Adrian Duncan as Papa Bear, Drew Hart as Stepmother, Dan Wilhelm as Prince Ivan Charming, Mike Balzer as Fungus Fox, Rochelle Beaulieu as Fairy Godmother, Hello, I'm your announcer, Christopher Hall. All That Glitters Part 2 was written by Norma Rushton and Mike Balzer, based on a concept by Alex Balzer, directed by Mike Balzer, continuity by Hannah Christensen, music by Timothy Tucker, vocals by Chelsea Rose, sound effects and folly by Chris Cutris. Costumes? Yes, we do have costumes in radio, and they are by our dream team, Judy Simpson, Linda O'Donovan, and Chris Roberts. 
The Fairy Tale Mysteries Radio Show is produced by James T. Nelson and is a COVID fund project from Fraser Valley Musical Theater. This season of the Fairy Tale Mysteries Radio Show has been made possible by the generous financial support of Metro Vancouver and the in-kind support from the City of Delta. Thank you. All rights reserved.